2: It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we chat with Terry Lang about this week's summer-like weather. But the province is a tale of two stories, with the southeast wet and the southwest dry. And the long-range forecast is not good for either area because another storm is expected in the southeast next week. The province extends the Fertilizer Use Agreement with Fertilizer Canada. Real Agriculture hears about farming in Brazil. APAS President Bill Pribilski discusses the latest seeding forecast from StatsCan and an interesting feature with Agriculture Canada and the avian flu outbreak. The farm weather is in its usual spot
0: at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley.
2: Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Environment Canada is forecasting much milder spring weather this week for southern Saskatchewan. Meteorologist Terry Lang says good seeding weather is on the way, but it could be short-term for some areas.
3: Well, certainly it looks like a very nice week. Uh, Temperatures are finally getting above uh, those 30-year average values, so it looks like we're reaching into... The uh, mid-20s the mid uh, the by, uh, it looks like around Wednesday, Thursday, uh, even into Friday with uh, dry conditions, which is good news for those uh, in the southeast corner there.
2: That sounds like nice eating weather, but I understand... Next week, it might not be very good again.
3: That's right. We are looking for a change in the pattern. This uh, really nice weather that we're getting the warm and dry is uh, kind of temporary. Uh, We are looking for a change coming next week, and we are looking for some weather systems to move through. Um, Just kind of keeping an eye on them right now. One does look like uh, another Colorado low, so uh, we know what those things can do. So keeping an eye on those, uh, and of course we know into the longer range that things can change very, very quickly. So and with those Colorado lows, uh, a switch in the, the path means a big change in the forecast.
2: So the weather system next week, how cold and will we get any snow?
3: It actually does look like it might snow just because uh, the temperatures will be cold enough. But uh, again, that can change uh, as time goes by and, and it comes further or closer in
2: time. What area? The southeast has been already hit with a couple storms in April.
3: It does look like the southeast um, will uh, might get clipped again, which is often the case with the Colorado uh, lows. Looks like it may affect um, other parts of southern Saskatchewan, but again, we'll uh, we'll be watching that just to, to see. Like I said, any any switch, you know, the path goes farther east, and it it could mean it could miss altogether.
2: So it's too late to say if it'll hit as far east as if far west as Regina. Correct. Now, tell me a little bit about the longer-range forecast. What are we looking for for the rest of May and into June, July?
3: Well, the uh, monthly forecast um, is showing that May will continue below average. Uh, We know April was below average, and it does look like May will also continue below average. doesn't mean it won't get warm on some of the days. It just means on average when you total everything up at the end of the month, Uh, the forecast is for um, below average temperatures. It's also, unfortunately um, for uh, lots of people in in the southwest, uh, looks like below average precipitation uh, as well. So, uh, not good news on that front, but better for those uh, southeastern folks.
2: Is it too early to say we could have a second year of drought in the southwest?
3: Yeah, we don't, uh, Environment Canada doesn't make the call on drought, so uh, that's a Canada call. So, we'll have to just because those conditions in southern Alberta, southwestern Saskatchewan um, are already uh, dry coming out of the winter. So it doesn't bode well, but perhaps we'll get some uh, nice spring rains coming. Uh, we don't have a forecast yet for the summer. Uh, we'll get that probably at the end of the
2: month. Tell me about the April statistics for Regina area. Was April uh, warmer, colder, wetter, drier than normal?
3: Well, for Regina, of course, I think everybody knows, because they still have the winter jackets uh, around, that it was a cold, colder than average month. The average temperature uh, was plus one. And when you look at the averages, it's supposed to be 4.8 for an average temperature. So that was running uh, almost four degrees below those 30-year averages. And out of 129 years, it came in as the 25th coldest. So no surprise there. Precipitation-wise, uh, quite dry. Only 6.2 millimeters of precipitation recorded at the airport, and the average precipitation for the month of April 24.1. So only 26% of average. So it came in as the 20th driest April in 136 years.
2: Boy, was it ever colder and drier than normal for an April.
3: It was. It was a that was a crazy, crazy April.
2: Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. Back
0: to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
2: This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch Eavestroughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroughs.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasbourg. The Saskatchewan government has signed a new memorandum of cooperation with Fertilizer Canada. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the agreement supports continued education, training, and expansion regarding four R nutrient stewardship in the province for an additional three years.
4: Well, we just feel it's very important to really look at, uh, you know, how we can get more efficiency, you know, through fertilizer, through crop production, increasing crop production. All part of our role to try and increase production to twenty thirty and meet and our goal targets. We really feel as important is obviously because of input costs and what's happening, you know, with that side of it, with fertilizer costs and, and even seed costs, is uh, how can we better utilize both fertilizer and, and input costs to obviously have a bigger return for, uh, for the producer, but also to reduce the impact on the environment as well, um, you know, through fertilizer use and, and things like that for greenhouse gas emissions, you know, whether it's leaching into water bodies and things like that.
2: Ottawa seems to be pressuring the agricultural industry on fertilizer use.
4: Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, they have, uh, you know, they're, they've got this. Uh, they're, they're trying to get to this uh, number of 30 percent reduction in fertilizer use. Uh, obviously, it's very concerning for us when we're trying to increase production, and uh, you know, being a farmer my, my, you know, my life as well, and uh, and having you know and using fertilizer and. And just, you know, is it about placement, is it about release and, you know, now they're coming out with, you know, slow release fertilizers and things like that and, uh, you know, foliage applications and and, uh, obviously different uh, research and different technology. So uh, you know, how can we, you know, partner and work with uh, Fertilizer Canada to still achieve our goals of increasing production and still, uh, you know, benefiting the environment as well with uh, fewer greenhouse gas emissions.
2: Merritt says the 4R nutrient stewardship program seems to be taking off in Saskatchewan.
4: Yeah, it does. You know, we've seen a significant increase in, you know, just in Saskatchewan alone, uh, you know, just over, you know, in the last three or four years of, uh, you know, farmers signing up and, and we're really registering the acres. To give an example, in in uh, 2019, I think it was about 0.3% of the acres. And now the number of producers using the, the principles of 4R are uh, you know right around six percent so we're obviously seeing a significant increase we want to continue that and i think in working with uh, fertilizer canada and the ministry of agriculture it's really an education and awareness that we're trying to get out there and working with the farmers and saying you know this here's ways we can benefit everybody
2: Merritt was asked if it's difficult for farmers to get for our nutrient stewardship designation
4: well, no, it's 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 not. It's I mean, it really has to. It's a work in progress, and it's just something that we've you know worked on. And and really, the officials at the Ministry of Agriculture have done a great job on this, and also in reaching out to the farmers in in the province as well. So when we see that, it, it's just kind of that working relationship, and uh, really trying to find the benefits to to the farmers where they can achieve what they also want. And and obviously, the focus for us too is making sure their bottom line is uh, is seeing to grow and uh, still uh, working with them is still increasing the production as well.
2: That's uh, Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt.
0: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of
5: Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. And we'll back to Real Ag Radio. We're joined right now by Davidson, Saskatchewan farmer, Rob Stone. Hey, Rob, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. Uh, a few weeks ago, you went on a big trip. And uh, yeah. very, very, very interesting stuff. You, you went down to Brazil, which is obviously one of the largest agricultural producers in the world. I guess, what was your perception of of what you saw in Brazil? It, was it uh, dramatically different than what you thought?
6: I, I think um, there, there was, it's really tough to answer because, yeah, I mean, like I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. I mean, everyone's impression of Brazil is either Lots of soybeans or lots of rainforest and, and that's basically both. Lots of, lots of cattle, lots of grassland, undulating topography. If I had to explain it, I'd basically call it Western Canada, except for without winter. Um, <laughs> you know, there's obviously more beautiful trees, all that sort of stuff, but landscape varies. Um, farming varies from state to state. I mean, it's just massive. We put a lot of miles on going from, uh, going from state to state. We were in Madagrasso. We were in, um we were in Sao Paulo. We were in, in a few different states checking out different things. But, yeah, overall, um, I'd say that it's um, it, it's really tough to explain unless you just get to go see it. But uh, there's certainly a lot of diversity there.
5: Yeah, and you were down there with a company trying to push technology. As you looked out on the landscape, did you get the sense that there were farmers there using the the latest and greatest in uh, equipment and in kind of tech, or was there a huge, huge diversity in what you saw in terms of what was being used on the farm?
6: So our yeah, our tour would, was basically we went and saw the biggest and the and the greatest latest of the of a few of the companies that they work with. Uh, they're certainly not using brand new equipment and I think that that's where their fit is with their technology is it's pretty agnostic to what these companies are doing in fact most of the companies that are running John Deere have Trimble's in them uh, just because that's their basic uh, monitor that they like using in some of their equipment those sorts of things so so they're the interface between it so um, I can't really speak to like you know kind of the smaller holder you know the, the average sized farmer and those sorts of things because we didn't get to visit them. Next time I go, I want to go visit some of the kind of the smaller <laughs> operations where, where we were at with, uh, a place like Amaji or Hrazine, uh, which is Amaji is, is, is very integrated from, from production all the way to shipping and into, uh, you know, cotton soybeans uh, from, from shipping it or producing it, and shipping it all the way to their overseas uh, customers. And so there, and that's, that's really some of the big adopters of the, of, of the technology that we were, that we
5: were yeah. looking up. Farm size, um, it, it is, are the big, absolutely massive. And of course then there, there is the smaller farm there too, but like on the, on the big side, what, what were some of the acreage numbers that you heard?
6: Well, so for example, at Amagi, um, and I, I'll get the numbers wrong, but the one farm that we were at in the we saw they were a hundred thousand acres or a hundred, sorry, a hundred thousand hectares. Of land that's under uh, under production, all nice blocks and and set up. They have their own towns, communities, ambulance, restaurants, those sorts of things. They kind of take on a lot of the uh, the functions of a, of a local municipality when they set up, and they're they're completely integrated. Where they're doing their production, they've got the labor there, mechanical, all of those things. Uh, plus, then they're their shipping, they were just going through a process of figuring out owning their own trucks. I think they bought 300. They were looking to buy another 300 for shipping to the ports, and actually have uh, have their own boats and and those sorts of things. So very integrated from that respect, and of course that brings you know you have to coordinate all of that. So that's that was it was interesting to see, and we, we got to visit with a, a lot of their chief uh, operating people and and ask them questions about the logistics of double crop and cotton and and uh, soybeans and why they do the things they do. So, very interesting uh, mm. on that level. Uh, the other interesting uh, uh, tour that we were on was with Razin and uh, my Brazilian friends will make fun of my Portuguese pronunciation of it. Uh, the largest uh, sugarcane producer in, I think, in the world. Um, I mean, they've got 34 bioenergy parks under production right now that are is pulling sugarcane in sugar and off of a million plus hectares.
5: This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com.
0: It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM.
2: The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch, real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. We're looking at a nice day today. It's going to be relatively calm. We're hitting... A high of plus 6. Currently in Regina with cloudy skies, it's 13 degrees. That's 55 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 30, gusting to 42. Humidity is 44%, and the barometric pressure is falling 102.0. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 15. Winds are from the east, southeast at 18, gusting to 30. Once again, Regina, and 13, that's 55 Fahrenheit. Estevan is 9, Saskatoon, 15, Swift Current, 16, Weyburn, 12, Yorkton, 5. Back in a moment.
0: This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan, Canada, before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions. From Gowan, Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley.
2: So the real forecast for today calls for partly cloudy skies, gusty winds, and a high of 14. The low tonight, zero. Tomorrow, partly cloudy. Gusty winds, the high 19, the low plus 4. Wednesday, the high is supposed to be 23, the low 11. Thursday, the high 26, the low 13. Friday, sunny, the high 24, the low 8. Saturday, the high 20 and chance of showers. This portion of Saskatchewan agriculture today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Stats Canada is expecting Canadian farmers to plant more wheat, corn, lentils, soybeans and oats in 2022. However, the area ceded to canola, barley and peas is anticipated to decrease compared with the previous year. Saskatchewan farmers are anticipating to plant more wheat and lentils with a drop in canola and barley and oats. APAS Vice President Bill Probelski says that Stats Canada's predictions aren't surprising. He spoke with 620 CKRM's Tanner Wallace Scribner.
7: This is your realagriculture.com update. I would say there's uh, several different factors that are are uh, influencing farmers' decisions as to what they're going to plant this spring and uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're still in this part of the world, we're still a couple of weeks from seeding with the new being late spring and those numbers could certainly change, but uh, yeah, I think for the most part they look pretty pretty believable.
6: And what are some of the factors?
7: Well, certainly the carryover from the drought last year will be weighing heavy on a lot of producers' decisions. If you know, in the part of the province where, where it's still remaining dry, that may certainly uh, influence producers to you know, maybe plant crops that are a little bit less risky, a little bit less of an uh, uh, investment in, in inputs just to reduce their risk. Um, you know, in this part of the province, we're looking at maybe a little bit of a later spring. So, you know, we may be maybe producers are looking at possibly seeding some shorter season crops like barley oats rather than canola. And then certainly the input costs, the uh, fertilizer prices being as high as they are. I'm sure a lot of producers are looking at that as maybe being too much of a risk seeding canola and investing that much money into the ground that they may look at uh, planting some crops that aren't aren't as high input costs to just to reduce their risk
6: and if these numbers do come to fruition what type of impact could we see if there is more wheat and and less canola planted just for example
7: if if those numbers do come to fruition and there is that much of a reduction in in canola acres and if there's any production problems throughout the year with the continued drought or early frost or any of those kinds of things then uh it's going to be a it's going to be a tough year for uh, you know, the the oilseed processors to um, secure enough supply of canola. We're I think we're running though fairly close to record low carryout, and any disruptions going forward are going, to, are going to mean significant challenges for the industry as a whole. So you know all we can do is hope that the crop that does get planted. Uh, Gives us some, you know, fairly close to normal yields, and then we should be fine. But there's, you know, that's a long ways from the crop being in the bin.
8: And
6: taking maybe a more broader, and taking a broader outlook, what's kind of your overall view for 2022? Do you feel optimistic for the year for for farmers and producers?
7: Well, farmers in generally are a very optimistic bunch. Uh, we we pretty much have to be to be willing to invest the time and money that we do every spring. But I think for the most part. Producers are, are optimistic this year with the, with the current, uh, commodity prices. We do, we do have the potential if we can grow a reasonably decent crop, we have a potential for, uh, fairly decent returns this year. Obviously there are a lot of factors that are going to play into that, most of which we have no control over, but I think if, if we as producers Take care of our own businesses and and uh, do the best job we can in planting our crop and marketing our crop. I think I think producers are fairly optimistic. Obviously, there's going to be areas of the province that are dry, that there will be more pessimism, and, and places that are still under snow are going to be seeding late. There will be there will be some significant challenges there, but for the most part, I think uh, mm-hmm. we do have. Uh, Adequate moisture in most areas of the province to get the crop started, and and guys are optimistic.
6: And what are some of the stresses and maybe challenges that you feel farmers will face in
7: 2022? I, th- I think, for the most part, the biggest thing is going to be supply chain issues. Um, you know, are we going to be able to get enough fertilizer on time when we need it? Is there going to be enough of the right chemicals when we need it? And then it it comes down to uh parts availability i know just spoke with a mechanic here and he said he's struggling to source the parts that he needs for for the repair jobs so if a a farmer has a piece of equipment sitting in the field just because he can't get the parts to fix it that's going to be extremely stressful um and yeah like you know we're we're get our, our our window for planting is getting narrower and narrower all, all the time, and any delays in the short term here are going to be very stressful. So I I would suggest that that be the biggest stress right now.
2: And that's Bill Probilski of APAS.
0: You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture today on the Source 620 CKRM.
2: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Agriculture Canada says the spring's avian flu outbreak is unprecedented in the country. Dr. Knowles Ritson-Bennett is the veterinary planning chief in Western Canada for the avian flu. He says the last outbreak was in 2014, and nine provinces have reported avian flu cases this year, roughly 60 cases in Canada, over 200 in the U.S. The last case in Saskatchewan, one farm in 2009. Dr. Ritson-Bennett says the outbreak is widespread from incoming migratory birds, and he talks about concerns surrounding the outbreak. So from
1: a food safety perspective, what we you know, people should should continue to utilize good food handling practices as they always would for for any meat or poultry products. Right. Um, in terms of interactions or transmission to to humans, there is a small risk. I, would there, I just recently today saw that it was the first case was identified uh, in I, I believe in Colorado and in in a in a human an individual that was working with with sick poultry, but rare mild symptoms you know we're not seeing uh, it's not a, a, a huge public health risk but you know of course we do when we are on farm and and handling birds sick birds etc we do take appropriate precautions and to protect people that are, are working around those birds but again very low risk to negligible risk to the average individual the public from a, and, and, and the limited food safety risk as well provided people are following their
2: their normal safe food handling practices Dr. Ritson-Bennett suggests poultry producers take steps to protect their flock.
1: To some extent, we're, we're at, the, at the, the mercy of of the virus itself and, and, and the wild birds as they're migrating. Um, you know, we, we can't control their movements, obviously. Uh we we are asking bird owners to protect their, their flocks by, by following good biosecurity practices. There's lots of information available on various websites, including the the CFIA's website, but you know, preventing contact with with uh wild birds and other animals. People should should be trying to in, in some in some instances we're asking that they're keeping their poultry indoors whenever possible, uh keeping their their poultry uh their their and waters and feeders and, and all the clothing and boots that they use to keep them, keeping them clean and
2: Dr. Ritson Bennett is the Agriculture Canada Veterinary planning Chief for the avian flu outbreak in Western Canada.
0: The market updates with Jim Smalley on the source 620 CKRM.
2: Market update brought to you by Freeze Tom
0: and Lumber. Grain
2: prices were mixed for the start of the month. Viterra prices for feed barley gained eight twenty nine at three hundred seventy dollars eighty three cents. Canola fell thirty eight fifty at ten eighty six zero two. Yellow peas dropped eleven dollars thirty three cents at six seventeen thirty three. One red spring wheat went up a dollar sixty seven at five sixteen thirty one. The rest were unchanged. Durham five fifty one sixteen. Flax twelve twelve seventy three. Lentils, nine thirty two fifty, Oats, three ninety one fifty three, dollars 53 Feed wheat, three seventy eight thirty.
0: It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM.
2: The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes.
8: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swiftcourt. We had 3,034 cattle. On offer last week was a very strong active market. Here are the quotations: D one and two cows were $1.05 dollar five to dollar fifteen. Odd sale to dollar seventeen. D three cows seventy five to eighty five. Mature bulls dollar fifteen to dollar forty. Light bulls ninety five to dollar fifteen. Steers three to four hundred pounds two two twenty five to two sixty five. Four to five hundred pounds two twenty to two 63 and a half. Five, 600 pounds, 210 to 247 and a half. Six, 700 pounds, $2 to 225. 700 pounds here is 201 to 215 and a half. Eight to 900 pounds, 185 to 195. nine hundred to 100 to 1,000 pounds here is 185 to one 80, eighty-eight fifty, Heifers, three to 400 pounds, $2 to 224. Four to 500 pounds, two dollars two fifteen five six hundred pounds one eighty five to two twelve and a half six seven hundred pounds one seventy five to two dollars seven to eight hundred pounds was one one seventy two to one eighty seven eight to nine hundred pounds one seventy five to one eighty five and nine hundred the thousand pound heifers one sixty two to one seventy. Regular sales are every Tuesday. Our first cow-calf-pair sale is Thursday, May the 19th. This has been Heartland Swift Grant Market Report.
2: And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is both Brandon Moose Jaw Plants, $229.87 per ckg. Coming up, the Resource Report.
0: This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
2: Now the Resource Report. Brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit Mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. North American stock markets are off to a mixed start for May following a brutal April on Wall Street. Crude oil prices fell 4% this morning as European energy ministers set to meet to discuss Russian supply issues and sanctions. U.S. markets are expecting an extra-long interest rate increase this week from the Federal Reserve as it tries to tame inflation, which is at its highest level in four decades. Trading is closed today for holidays in China, many other Asian markets, and Britain. In China, lockdowns in Shanghai and other cities have hurt factory activity with some disruptions and reducing or stopping production. On the markets, the TSX is down 131 points to 20,630. The Dow has fallen 187 points to 32,789. Oil has dropped 8 cents at 104.61 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 23 one of a cent at 77.51 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada.